All right, welcome back everyone to the podcast. I just want to go ahead and immediately apologize for what this podcast is. As you can tell, we are back to having no intro music. Sorry, Andy Pank. Um, But I am currently on the trail, or not on the trail at this exact moment, but away from my computer, recording this on the voice memo app of my phone. So um, I don't have any technology whatsoever to edit this at all. Um, So no intro music. I can't tamp the sound down at all if there's any big spikes. Um, I'm not going to be able to edit out coughs uh, because I'm still dealing with that cough thing. It's been like a month now and it's very annoying. Um, But it's happening less so, so uh, definitely less coughing going on, which is great. But um, basically just in advance, I want to say I'm sorry for what this is. Um, It is what it is. I'm I'm recording while I'm kind of on trail here. So I'm recording this on Monday, May 2nd. Um, so by the time this comes out, I'll be a, a couple days farther down the road. We'll see where that ends up actually being. Um, but right now I'm in a, a really cute little farmhouse in New Hampshire, uh, a little bit north of Hanover. A uh, friend that I met, a, a physician um, in this area, um, we've met over the last couple months, and while I was on trail... Uh, she reached out to me and said, if you need a place to stay while you're on trail, let me know. So I'm taking her up on that. I'm hoping to have her on the podcast at some point here because she's also a really awesome outdoor athlete uh, in many different respects, but especially hiking. So hoping to get her on here at some point. But that's all to say, I am not on the trail right now. I'm at a house. Um near the trail and I've been hiking for, well, I've been on trail for five days. Um, but I haven't actually been sleeping on trail that much, which has been nice. You know, I, I knew that I was going to have quite a few connections in cause, because this whole New England Diartissima thing is in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont. You know, I knew I'd know a lot of people that are relatively near the trail and that has already come in so clutch a couple of times here. Um, so I'm going to get into all of that in just a little bit here, um, but I just wanted to give the background of where I am right now. I'm sitting in their office, in their house, just recording this into my phone. Um, so let's talk about what's going on. Again, yeah, today was the fifth day on trail. It's about 4.35 in the afternoon right now, and I'm recording this podcast. I've done my 20 miles for today, and you know, that was all that really made sense to do. So the original plan for the New England Diartissima, again, for anyone who's wondering, the New England Diartissima um, is a through hike of the New England 67 4,000 footers. It's a project that I've been planning for a long time now. And then uh, once my classes ended early last week, I decided it was time, time to go for it. Um, there are two mountains in Vermont that are closed during May for mud season, which are Camel's Hump and Mansfield. And so I started south of those mountains. So I, um, well, so last uh, Thursday, or last Wednesday night, let's start there, my mom and I drove from Maine to uh, Vermont on Wednesday 
Wednesday day, Wednesday evening um, last week. And stayed at a little inn overnight. It was great. Got to spend some quality time. And then I started the hike on um, that Thursday. I think it was, the, what, the 28th? 28th of April? Yeah. Um, so I started at a trailhead just north of uh, Mad River Glen ski area. Um, so Mad River Glen and Sugarbush are right next to each other. And... Um, they are also right near the the northernmost 4,000 footers that are open right now in Vermont. Um, so I started at a trailhead just north of Mad River Glen and hiked south. Um, I knew it was going to be tough from the get-go. So when we were at the hotel overnight or the motel overnight, um, it snowed a little bit. There was more just a dusting down low, but I, I knew it was going to be cold and windy and there were probably more snow that accumulated up high. So I was a little bit concerned about that. We got up to the pass where the trail uh, comes down and meets the road and uh, the snow was blowing upward. It was well below freezing and I just still decided you know this is this is my plan I'm gonna go for it and let's just see how this goes so I started up um, Mad River Glen on the on the long trail headed southbound and from that point on for the entire first day of the hike it was just snow 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 um, you know below below a certain point I think there were certain points where I got below 20 about 2600 feet for a few tenths of a mile and below 2600 feet it wasn't horrible but above anything of high elevation which was pretty much the whole day was snow covered and um oh and so i'm tra traversing this ridge um you know the first uh the first 4000 footer i cross over is mount ellen um and you know, it was, there was a lot of snow, but it was pretty hard pack. I wasn't sinking in a whole lot. So I was, you know, optimistic. I thought, hey, you know, this is, it's going to be snowy, but I, you know, I'm, I'm prepared for snow. I have micro spikes. It's going to be fine. And my thought was the farther south I get, right? I'm just thinking south equals uh, warmer. So I thought the farther south I get, probably the less snow there's going to be wrong i was um so the the traverse over from ellen to abraham was um abraham being the second four thousand footer um was pretty decent but there were some more spots where i started post holing um and i so i got to abraham again still same thing it was in the low 20s up there it was really cold and windy um my water bottles were starting to freeze so the water in my water bottles was turning slushy and uh, I had my Sawyer filter my water filter in my coat uh, because if you don't put heat on it then the water inside the filter can freeze and if that happens then the filter can crack and then it it's just useless it won't filter water correctly and you're running the risk of um, 
of getting a waterborne illness if you pick from the wrong water source. So I was trying to keep that filter from, from freezing solid. Um, so I pass over Abraham. Yay, I have two mountains done, only 65 to go. Um, at this point, I'm, I think, about 10 miles into the day, and it just went so downhill from there. Um, from there, there was just a whole lot of consistent post-holding up to my knees and hips. So, um, you know, I'd take a step, fall into my hip, and just, you know, dig myself out. But sometimes, as I, like, pushed out with my other leg, then that leg would fall in, too. Um, and it was, it was just infuriating. You know, the day was supposed to be 21.8 miles and I've done way bigger days than 21.8 miles, but, uh, it was just brutal. Um, it was one of the, one of the toughest hiking days I've ever done. I just had to fight so hard for, for every single step. So, uh, I got to the end of my day my day one um to the emily proctor shelter i believe it's called which is still pretty high up i want to say it's 32 or 3400 feet elevation um and you know the we had a hard wind blowing in from the east no sorry the the wind was blowing in from the west um hard wind like 50 miles an hour plus and the shelter was west facing so the wind was blowing straight into the shelter um there were a couple feet of snow and it was in the 20s and my my sleeping bag this is ridiculous also um which i'll talk about later but i decided in my infinite wisdom that i was going to come out here with a 20 degree sleeping bag rather than a zero degree bag and granted i don't own a zero degree bag but uh might have been a smart investment for this so i'm in this shelter and you know the it's still daylight out and but it's not that much the the temperature is not that much higher than the safety rating on my bag um meanwhile a few miles back i had tried to filter water and nothing came through which means that my water filter froze uh even though it was in my pocket <laughs> so i was you know pretty livid about that and i i was also livid about all the post holding obviously it was just very frustrating and um you know the the long trail stays pretty high up at a decently high elevation for a while going south from there um until you get closer to killington and so i was just thinking you know if it's safe for me to be up here in my sleeping bag tonight um, it's going to be miserable. And then I'm just going to have to do the same trudging tomorrow with frozen water and frozen clothes and frozen shoes and a frozen water filter. Um, so I just decided that's not a good idea. Um, so what I ended up deciding to do, I, I checked out my maps. Um, you know, I had some bailout plans uh, planned out just in case, you know, you always have to come prepared. And so I, the, the Emily Proctor shelter is right next to the Emily Proctor trail, which brings you down sort of the, the west side of the Green Mountain spine. So I descended that trail, um, from the shelter, eventually got under the snow once I was to about, uh, you know, 24, 2,500 feet, the snow went away. 
and then I, I descended all the way to the road and hitchhiked my way uh, with a very nice vegetable farmer who picked me up on this back dirt road. It was very nice of him to do that for me. Uh, but a nice vegetable farmer picked me up. His name's Bill. I'm not going to say his last name just for the sake of, I don't know, privacy or something. Um, he drove me to Bristol, Vermont. Um, from Bristol, Vermont, my plan was originally to... Um, my contingency plan for all this was to hitchhike down to Rutland and then st uh, the next day go to like Route 4, um, sort of like over where Killington is, where the, the AT meets Route 4. And then I was going to head from there over to Hanover um, because that section of trail is much lower elevation. And I thought, all right, I'll just give the, give the trails a few more days to... Um, to thaw out, you know, I knew there was some, some fresh snow that had come in, but I thought that for the most part, um, the, the cover wasn't super thick. So I thought, at least my hope is that when it goes, it'll go quick. Um, so I thought I'll give it a few days to thaw out a little more. Well, by the time I got my hitch into Bristol, the sun was setting and, I got down to the road that I needed to get to in order to, you know, be in a place where cars were headed towards Rutland. And it, again, it's like a 50 minute drive from Bristol or something. It's not a quick, quick hitchhike. And it was dark and, you know, no, no one is going to pick up a, uh, a hitchhiker, a lone hitchhiker at night. Um, and, you know, from a hitchhiking perspective, I'm not, if someone is, crazy enough to stop for me uh, at that time of night I'm not sure that's the car that I want to get into so I was just texting some friends and I have a friend uh, named Lillian Spala who lives in uh, Burlington goes to UVM or graduating soon congrats Lily um, and she said that it wasn't that far and that um, you know that she could probably get a car to come down and get me um, so I debated it because I didn't, I didn't want to bother her, uh, too much. And, um, you know, I was perfectly comfortable with just like pitching my tent in the woods somewhere and then trying to hitchhike the next morning. But, uh, honestly it was pretty cold and I had a, you know, by that time I'd between road walking and the hiking miles, I'd walked about 30 miles that day when it was supposed to be a 21.8 mile day. And so like I was tired, I was frustrated. I, kind of wanted a warm place to sleep and haven't seen Lily in a long time so I agreed uh, to have her come grab me so she drove down from Burlington brought me back to Burlington and then that made it much easier because the next day um, I was able to just hop on the Vermont trans line and go from Burlington down to Rutland so that was how day one <laughs> played out definitely not ideal um but, uh, you know, I, I knew that this hike wasn't going to be ideal. And, I, you know, if I wanted to do this hike as fast as possible, then I would have done it in June, July or August, not in May. Um, but the, the snow is part of the challenge. It's definitely a logistical challenge. Um, but that's it's all part of it. I'm, I'm still happy to be plugging away. Um, so the next day, uh, get up in Burlington and head to uh head to Rutland the bus that I needed to get on was either like 4 a.m or um I want to say 
1 p.m. or something like that. And so I wanted to sleep, so I just slept in and then hit the hit the bus down to Rutland um, at 1 p.m. I ended up leaving my heavy mittens and one of my sock liners in Rutland, I believe. Still haven't figured out where, or not in Rutland, in Burlington. Um, so not great um, for sure, especially because I'd just been through that really cold day and I was like, crap, uh, you know, what am I going to do without warm gloves? So uh, I had two pairs of sock liners, so it wasn't ideal, but I could get by with, with just, uh, you know, two two left-footed sock liners and one uh, one right-footed sock liner. So take the bus down to Burlington, or from Burlington to Rutland. I am so sorry. Um, and so I get to Rutland at about, I want to say, 3.30 or 4 in the afternoon. Um, so I pick up a couple of supplies. I try to find gloves, but Walmart doesn't have any. And then I headed over to the Yellow Deli. Um, you know, for anyone who doesn't know what the Yellow Deli is, it's a, uh, it's a hiker hostel run in Rutland. Uh, it's a really famous one on the AT. It's free to stay at, they accept donations, and it's run by this, uh, I'll call it a religious group called the 12 Tribes of Israel. Uh, some call it a cult. Um, do your own research, I would say. Um, but it's a, it's a great place to stay if you're hiking. Um, you know, not saying anything about the organization, but it's just a very convenient spot if you're going through Rutland and you're hiking. So I stayed there overnight. Um, and then the next morning, uh, I was heading back out to trail. So if you're following so far, uh, day one, I was supposed to do 21.8 miles. Ended up doing about 30 miles of walking only 21.8 of them actually count towards the New England Diartissima. And then day two, I did zero, zero miles of hiking. So day three, um, I wanted to head towards New Hampshire, but I wanted to do it, you know, I've already hiked that section of trail twice now, and there are no 4,000 footers on it, so it doesn't really matter how you get to Hanover, it just matters that you get there. So my uh, kind of cheeky fun idea was that you know, I, I was pretty certain that there wouldn't be any snow in the section because all the mountains in this section top out at like 25, 2600 feet. So I wasn't particularly worried about that. And I, I wanted to go to about West Hartford because there's a, there's a place there, there's a public library and a, a, a play, place called the uh, Blue Barn where um, the owners of this house let people stay and it's a great place. Um, highly recommend it, but I just wanted to get from um, Route Four. Basically, I, I started basically at the the inn at Long Trail. It's like right across from Pico, uh, or pretty close to Pico, and I went from there to West Hartford, Vermont. So instead of hiking on the AT the whole time, which you know I've already done twice, I decided that I was just going to plug in West Hartford or, you know, my end destination into my phone and then just follow the directions on Apple Maps. Um, it actually ended up being a lot of fun, although, you know, road walking is kind of kind of tough. You know, it's mentally tough. Um, 
but I I just like set it to walk and I said show me the most the the most efficient or the quickest way to walk from here to there. Uh, so what it essentially had me do was I followed Route Four for a couple miles, um, then went on a back road, um, and then immediately went on the Appalachian Trail, uh, which I didn't know Apple Maps could even you know tell you to walk on the Appalachian Trail. But it had me follow the AT for about eight miles. And then after that, it was just all of these random dirt back roads. So some of them were very nice maintained roads with like big, gorgeous farmland on either side. And others were like barely ATV paths. Um, so I, I navigated that and luckily uh, never got lost during it. And then there were a few miles on paved road, which was just the worst, but you know, what are you going to do? I'm following Google Maps. Um, so I got to West Hartford uh, sometime in the evening there. Ended up being about 31 miles. And uh, when I got to the, the blue barn with the 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 house with the blue barn, uh, there was no one there. I knocked on the door and, you know, I know they're not expecting to, uh, to see hikers this time of year, really. But I, I knocked on the door. No one was home. Uh, their cat was outside. It came came up and greeted me, super friendly. Um, but um, you know, the public library was right next door, so I just pitched my tent uh, in the library's yard, kind of out of out of sight of the road as much as I could, and decided that that was going to be my uh, my sleep spot for the night on night three, which was April thirtieth. Um, and then I I did end up seeing the. Uh, owners of that house uh, come home. I believe it's Linda and Randy. I could be getting that wrong. I apologize, but um, they're wonderful. They came home at some point later in the night, and then I just, uh, you know, I'd, I'd already set up my tent and camp was all set up. I think I'd already eaten dinner, so I just went to bed. Um, but the next morning, while I was packing up camp, um, one of them came out to me and asked if I wanted coffee and um, you know, I was only planning, I, I had planned to stay with this, um, this physician friend, um, in Hanover or right outside Hanover. I was planning on staying there anyway. So I knew I was going to have about a 10 mile day on day four, May 1st. So, uh, wasn't in a huge rush. I went up and had a coffee and some fruit there again. Wonderful. I love, I've met them three times now cause I've hiked that section twice and then hiked it again, uh, right now so i had some great conversation with them um and then start heading out of town uh again the 10 miles from from west hartford to hanover are pretty easy there's nothing super of note there um but i love hanover it's a really cute little town um so i got to hanover yeah, sometime in midday and then just kind of like hung out and walked around um, for a couple hours until um, until my friend uh, my friend Joan showed up um, so <clears throat> the rest of the day I spent helping them uh, build a, a porch is that the correct term a deck I think um, we we're building a deck on the back of their house which you might say oh well like what are you doing why are you doing physical labor <laughs> when you're taking basically a, a Nero day with that 10 miles? And to that I say, 
active recovery. I don't know if that makes any sense, but you know, I, I felt like I wasn't doing a whole lot. I wasn't lifting heavy things or anything. I was basically just using a nail gun and walking around. So it was, uh, it was a good time. And I think it was, you know, part of, uh, part of staying with people because people never charge you when you're on trail to like stay with them. Part of it is like helping out if they need, um, if they need help with something. So that was really fun to me. It's, it's part of the trail culture is like giving back and like the, you know, the trail angels are, are there for you, but you're also there for them when you can be, um, in whatever small ways you can. So that was really fun for me. That was my day four. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we're entering day five, which is today. Uh, today is Monday, May 2nd. And uh, so this morning we drove back into Hanover and uh, and I started hiking northbound on the Appalachian Trail from there. Um, so again, there's no, between Hanover, uh, there's 50 miles between Hanover and the summit of Mount Musilock, about uh, 50. So no 4,000 footers today. Um, I guess I could have road walked today and saved some time, but I love New Hampshire and its trails and everything about it. So I'm not, not road walking in New Hampshire as much as I can. Um, so, uh, went up velvet ledge, velvet ledge, velvet ledge. I don't know. Uh, whatever's right outside Hanover going northbound. And then there's a couple cool little mountains there too. There's uh, Moose Mountain, which has a south peak and a north peak, and then uh, and then uh, oh, I'm gonna mess this up. It's a a ledge when you're going Holtz Ledge. That's what it's called. Yep. Um, so towards the end of my day, I went over Holtz Ledge, which has a if you're hiking northbound, it has just like a multi hundred foot drop off to your right, and you're hiking right along the edge of this cliff. It's very very cool, um, and it's also the back side of the of the Dartmouth Skiway, which I didn't realize until very recently. Um, so, I hiked down from Holtz Ledge, um, past the Dartmouth Skiway, and then it was just a couple more flat miles to the to the end of my day. Uh, so it was about a twenty mile day today. I feel I'm starting to feel good. My body's starting to get acclimated to what's going on here but uh there really wasn't there wasn't an option to do more miles and have it work out logistically right so tomorrow is going to be a 24 which is good um, and that'll get me to the base of moose lock i think so i'm back at their house uh, for a second night tonight because if you remember i stayed here last night too and uh i think this will be my last civilization for a few days here I'll be out, uh, out and about. Um, today was the first day I had ticks. I pulled, <clears throat> excuse me, I pulled three ticks off myself while I was uh, waiting for my pickup in the parking lot. So that's awesome. Um, love tick season, but honestly, I'll take ticks over uh, over waist deep snow. So. Hopefully it's one or the other. I'm still a little bit worried that that the whites are going to be really bad. But, you know, that's what I want to talk about a little bit moving forward. Hold on, i got a cough here. I'm going to do it away from the microphone. 
<coughs> so, um, moving forward here, tomorrow I might see a little bit of snow on top of uh, Smart Smarts Mountain, I think, or Cube, I don't know. But then I'm almost definitely going to see snow up in uh, up in the 4,000 footers starting uh, the day after tomorrow when I um, begin moose lock, hopefully. Um, there's actually a rainstorm coming in on Wednesday, so I don't know how that's going to work. But uh, ideally, I will start um, the New Hampshire 4,000 footers on, on Wednesday. And I'm just a little bit nervous about how it's going to go as far as conditions. Because um, Vermont was so brutal, and if New Hampshire is... If New Hampshire is the same thing, I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to do because there isn't another section that it makes sense to jump to right now. So my my thought process is, I don't know, what, one of the things I've been working on is that I can be very hard-headed as far as what my plans are. So if I, you know, I'm a planner, I want these things nailed down well in advance. And if things don't go to plan, sometimes it's in my nature to just try to ram it through. Um, but that's something I've been trying to work on the past couple of years, you know, as I've gotten more into these ultra distance things, more into these super long distance backpacking things, you, you just start to learn over time that you need to be uh, more flexible. You need to be able to sort of roll with the punches and adapt your plan as you go. And I knew that was going to be the case coming into this hike because of how variable conditions are in May. So... With all that said, if I get into the New Hampshire 4,000 footers and things are just brutal, um, I have two zero days. I have two planned zero days for May 9th and 10th uh, for various reasons. I'm going back to Boston for those two days uh, to celebrate graduation, to uh, mostly to spend time uh, with a couple of friends and with my beautiful woman lisa um but uh you know if the conditions are brutal then what i might do is uh you know it would be may may 4th or so by then um maybe even may 5th if i have to wait a day to start musalak then you know what probably makes the most sense is for me to just get off the trail go back to boston and then hop back on after uh, after May 10th, and hopefully conditions will have proceeded towards summer-like conditions a little bit between uh, between now and then. That is certainly not ideal, um, especially because after the rainstorm on Wednesday, the, the weather looks really promising for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'm hoping that the trail conditions follow suit on that. I hope that the rain on Wednesday remains rain even up high because if it's snow that could be really brutal um but if it's rain it could you know pack down the uh the the snow up there and then ice over i don't care ice is way better than snow as far as i'm concerned um yeah that's the plan so this could this could push on a little bit if i have to get off trail for a few days but i uh Jeez, crow. Um, well, there are a couple other things I want to talk about. One is that that 
section of Long Trail that I did, including uh, Ellen and Abraham, up to the Emily Proctor shelter, uh, that's kind of right in the middle of the Long Trail section because I have to go back for, uh, Ab- or I have to go back for Mansfield and Camel's Hump in the north, and I have to go back for the southern portion of the Long Trail section. So, at the end just logistically with all the moving parts and cars and everything it might make the most sense for me to just redo that section which is you know not ideal that like a 30 mile day on day one would have been for absolutely nothing but uh if that's how it is then that's how it is and uh i will not uh not complain if that's how i have to do it um yeah i'm the this hike's going really interesting. It's been a learning experience already for me. And that's kind of what I wanted, you know? I'm not super interested in doing things that I already know I can do. And I looked at this hike and thought that adds a whole new dimension to uh, to hiking in the Northeast. And uh, that's really, uh, really pushing me. So at least physically I'm feeling good. And um, I think my body's starting to acclimate to the, to the punishment. So... Hopefully ramping up the miles soon here as far as uh, conditions allow. And that's that. Um, I think I'm going to call it for now. I think my voice is going a little bit here. Jeez, I hope this gets better at some point. (laughs) Um, I will hopefully have someone on the podcast next week because I think once I get into New Hampshire here, there are going to be more people who actually come out and hike with me. Um, and if that happens, then I'm just going to plop them down in a shelter at the end of the day one day and, uh, stick a mic in front of them. So, um, yeah, I also want to talk about a book I'm reading uh, while I'm on the trail here. It's called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, Um, (coughs) but my voice is just too bad right now to do that. So it's going to save till later. Sorry for the short podcast. Um, shout out to Hyperlight Mountain Gear for giving me a bunch of gear for this hike and being so supportive. You guys are awesome. Um, shout out to all the trail angels that I've already ran into out here. Uh, you know, my mom for driving me to the start, Lily for picking me up and bringing me to Burlington, uh, the Yellow Deli for hosting me. Uh, the, the folks at the Blue Barn. I'm sorry, I can't remember your names right now. Uh, Bill from Vermont, who gave me my hitchhike. And uh, Joan and her husband, Scott, for uh, hosting me these last two nights. Everyone is awesome. The trail community is the best part of the trail, bar none. So thanks for listening, and I'll, uh, I'll catch y'all later. Yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully I have some good uh, good trail news to bring to you next week. All right. Bye-bye.